So how many of you have ever done a trust fall exercise before? Like a team building, you know, the trust fall where one person has to like be the volunteer and trust it. Some people behind them are going to catch them. Anybody ever done that before? School work? Yeah, several of us. Okay, we're half hand, so maybe. Uh, let me ask this. Raise your hand high for this one. I want to know if anybody in the room, um, and give that thumbs up online if you want, but uh, have you ever seen a trust fall experiment go wrong? Anybody ever see? Okay, well, yeah, they're much more proud of that. Yes, I've seen it go wrong. Um, let, let me ask, uh, are you a little bit scared right now that I'm going to pull someone out of the congregation to catch me? And you're like, that's a big dude. You better get at least two. Uh, we're not going to do that this morning, okay, because I did a trust fall on stage at Revolution a few years ago. That went terribly wrong. So, um, and, and I have to share a little bit of it if I tell you that. So let, let's just say there was an eight-foot ladder involved and not a lot of practice. And the volunteer on the ladder did get, like, fear kind of crept into their mind. And they did not necessarily trust fall. They, they trust squatted. And they, no broken bones. God still moved. So, um, so we're not going to do it. Instead of, like, doing a trust fall here in the room, let me just show you a little video from a YouTuber my son and I like to watch, Ross Creations, on a little social experiment he did. Trust you. I trust you. Trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You are the first person to catch me. Dang. Everyone tried, right? I mean, what the? So um, we'll we'll get to that illustration in just a second. But um, again, last week kicked off this this series called Moving Mountains, talking about mountain moving prayer. I, I love the imagery of that. I mean, what a time in our world where, where Christ followers need to step up like, and, and pray for impossible things to happen within this community and beyond. So uh, Joel challenged us to take Jesus at his word when he says this in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus says, these red letter words, Jesus, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move nothing will be impossible for you. And, and Joel shared some really cool stuff about mustard seeds last week. If you missed it, catch up online if you missed it. But just this great story with Alexander the Great and mustard seeds and some Jewish tradition involving like not planting a mustard seed because it would just take over the garden. Um, and, and so hopefully, like, like we, we captured the truth of that verse, and maybe even some of us, we've started to live it out. Like there's this 21-day prayer challenge where we are praying, like mustard seed faith, God, move this mountain. I have this mountain in my life I'm asking you to move, and there's mountains on both sides of this stage. We are asking God to move a mountain. It's so interesting that, that Bridgeway is doing a series on prayer because uh, Revolution actually is doing a, a series on prayer right now as well leading up to Easter called Pray Like This. And what we're doing is we're looking at the Lord's Prayer and just kind of breaking down the different pieces of it uh, because one of the disciples kind of stepped up and said, you know, they saw Jesus praying and they're like, hey, would you teach us to do this? And so in, in teaching them, Jesus just lays out the most famous prayer ever. It was actually his way of teaching the disciples 
how to pray. And so we've looked at, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That was last week. We talked about intercessory prayer of how we need to intercede to God on behalf of others. And so really, one really cool story that's come out of our church related to, to intercessory prayer um, is, is a testimony. A friend of a guy in my life group uh, was in a horrible accident at work. He worked with this gentleman, and he was electrocuted by high-voltage lines, thousands of volts, should have lost his life. Uh, the electricity literally shot out of his extremities. He was placed in a medically-induced coma This back in the fall of last year. Several weeks, his, his left arm and right hand were both amputated, and it, it looked like all hope was lost. But our church was praying a mountain-moving prayer. God spared his life, is restoring his faith. He's getting baptized a couple weeks after Easter, we believe, full of hope for the future, still around for his family. And that's, just, that's God. Like, God moved. And, and we, love, we love stories like that, right? Yet I also know stories like that can be hard to hear because for some of us, praying a mountain-moving prayer feels like we were challenged to do a trust fall and no one caught us. You know what I'm saying? And, and we find ourselves like asking questions in the midst of it, like, did I, just, did I not say the words right? Did I not have the right prayer formula? Uh, you know, what, what, what was it? Did, did I not have enough faith? Was my, my prayer not the right prayer? You know, and we can even go to really negative places like, does God not hear me? I mean, is, is there something wrong with me? Is that why this? Because I don't have a story like that yet. When I, when I pray mountain-moving prayers, I go through what I'll call today the fight of faith. Because I, I've seen God do mountain-moving things, just like that story I just shared. But then I've also stood before a mountain and prayed for that mountain to move, and it didn't seem to go anywhere. And being completely real, I've stood before a medium-sized mountain and prayed for that mountain to move, and it turned into Mount Everest. And I'm like, what, what's going on? It's a fight of faith. When, when, I, when I pray, I, I tend to be a mixture of belief and unbelief. Like, I trust God, and I doubt him. Like, on one hand, I believe God is who he says he is. I, God is all-powerful. The impossible is nothing to God. I really believe that. I, I believe this verse that's very dear to the, the heart of our church. It's actually why we're in that Staples building that, that Joel was talking about. This Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that says, God is able to do immeasurably more than we even ask, think, or imagine. Like, I believe this verse which is a crazy concept, right? That, that God can do more than you can dream. Isn't it? We can dream some really crazy, big, awesome things, right? God can do more than we can even dream. It's unbelievable. Yet on the other hand, so I believe that. Yet on the other hand, I find myself doubting that he will respond to my prayers. I don't always trust he's going to catch me. I brace myself for disappointment. I feel that fight of faith. And when it comes to mountain-moving prayers, the prayers that we are praying for these 21 days and hopefully beyond, when it comes to this, I think we all feel this, this fight of faith, this, this tension between faith and doubt. So I want to look at a story. It's in Mark chapter 9, if you want to turn there. We're going to be there the rest of our time. But it's a story of a dad that was right in the middle of a fight of faith. And just to set up the scene, Jesus just came down from this mountaintop experience with God and some of his friends, and this crowd gathers around Jesus, and we're just going to pick up the story right where this dad enters the scene. So verse 17, it says, 
A man in the crowd answered, and that's the, the character we're going to look at. Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Let me address something really quick in, in the room, too. For, for those of you that maybe you're here and, again, you're just checking out Bridgeway, maybe just checking out faith, and, and it, it's like you, you struggle with the Bible at times and, and believing the Bible, especially supernatural things in the Bible. I, I get that. And, and so this is a story about Jesus healing a, a possessed spirit or bringing a possessed spirit, setting this kid free of a possessed spirit. Because Jesus taught and the whole of Scripture teaches there's a spiritual side to reality. There are actually spiritual forces in a spiritual world that we fight against. And I know that's, for some of us, again, it's hard to kind of wrap our mind around that if we're brand new to this or not sure on some of this stuff. So even if you can't get there, I just want to say, even if you can't get to that supernatural part, there's so many takeaways in this story. So hang with me no matter where you're at with this. So, so this dad in the crowd, he speaks up and he's like, hey, Jesus, I brought you my son. We're going to find out in a minute, this dad still has doubts. It, it's so clear in the story. You'll see it. it. Actually, let me give you a sneak peek to, to the end, close to the end of the story. The dad out loud says the words, help my unbelief to Jesus. He says those words out loud. But in the midst of his doubt, he still takes a step of faith to bring his mountain to Jesus. He takes a step of approaching Jesus with his mountain, even though he's not sure Jesus is going to come through on moving it. It's a fight of faith. You know, I, I think so often in prayer, and, and just see if you connect with this, we, we think we have to feel it. Like I have to feel and believe that it's going to happen before I say it out loud to God. Like i got to get to this place where, okay, yes, I believe it's So God, heal my son. I believe it. I have faith. See, I think it's the opposite. I think faith is saying the prayer out loud even though you don't feel it and believe it yet. I mean, that's faith in and of itself. Bringing your mountain to God in doubt is faith. That's what faith is. It's not like you have to get to this place where you're like all amped up. You got to listen to like 10 worship songs. and like, yeah, I really feel it now. Yes, God, I have faith. Heal my son. I have faith. No, that's called adrenaline, right? That's cortisol running through the bloodstream. That's the Red Bull kicking in is what that is. Faith is trust. That's, that's what it is. Joel talked about this last week. The evidence of this dad's faith is he brings his son to Jesus even though he doesn't quite feel it and believe it yet. He's like, I, I, you know, I'm not completely sure. There must be something to this Jesus. There's a crowd, so I'm going to bring my son to Jesus. I hope something happens. Not completely sure. Bringing your mountain to God in doubt, that's faith. And this dad continues to describe his mountain to Jesus. There, there's, there's this spirit that robbed him of speech, and he continues. He describes it whenever it seizes him. It throws him to the ground. He goes in this seizure. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. And look at this. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. So, so this dad's coming to Jesus. He doesn't even come with like a, a, a clean faith slate. He has some baggage with this with the disciples. He's like, I took it to your compadres. Nothing. Nada. They couldn't, they couldn't do anything. You might need to teach them about prayer again, Lord's Prayer. You know, I don't think they got it yet. And I, just, just think about this father's perspective. 
I mean, this desperation, I'm sure this isn't the only time he's taken his son to someone to try to help. You know, some, some rabbi or teacher or taking him to the synagogue or doctors, medicine, all those kind of things. And, and, and now he's like, in Jesus, even your disciples couldn't do anything. He has reasons to doubt. Can you relate to this? Like, I've been praying for a long time. I even prayed with the elders of the church. I, you know, I even brought Joel into the prayer. We lit some candles and burned some incense. And, man, what, what is it going to take? What's it going to take? So look at Jesus' response. He, he handles the disciples next. He goes, oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Do you know what that is? That is frustration with the disciples. And, and if you're like, well, I thought Jesus was always calm, cool, and collected. You check out the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus. He felt every single emotion. Frustrated with the disciples was often one of those emotions. And, and I think he's frustrated because he knows, like, I, I'm going to be handing the church over to these guys soon. They, I just want them to get it so bad, and I, they still don't get it. Have you ever had someone in your life, like, you, you want them to understand this pivotal piece about their life so bad and they're just not getting it? I feel this way about my 13-year-old son quite often right now. And I'm just like, dude, you have to take a shower, okay? Like, every time you play basketball, you, for the love of God and the love of your family, please get this hygiene thing. you got to figure, this is the year. We've got to figure, so anyway, that, that's what Jesus is feeling here, not with hygiene, with something else. And he, I, I think he's mad. He's just frustrated. Man, they just still don't get it. So Jesus says, all right, so bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. This, this evil spirit tries one last-ditch effort to discourage the dad. Think about it. Like, I'm, I'm sure as this manifestation is happening right in front of Jesus, right in front of the Father, I guarantee again, doubt creeps in. Like, man, uh, not, nothing's working. And how, how often are we tempted to tap out on a mountain-moving prayer when the mountain seems to be growing right in front of us? And we brought it to Jesus. Don't give up. Okay, do not give up. Verse 21. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's an interesting question, right? Because... Of course, Jesus knows the timeline of this. He's Jesus. I mean, he knows down to the minute, the second, the millisecond of how long this dad has been struggling with this, how long this boy has been struggling. But he still asked the question. And I just wonder if Jesus asked this question to give the dad a quick flashback of how long he's been praying for this mountain to move. How long he's been you know, pleading with God. Like not only is there this manifestation in front of him, but now he's reminded of the process, the journey that he has been through day after day, year after year. We don't know how old this kid is or how many years it's been, but if he says it's from childhood, we can, we can assume it's, it's several years of praying a mountain-moving prayer and nothing. You know, moving mountains often requires persistent prayer. 
Think about that. Like, I, that's why I love this next step. It's not just about what happens in this room on Sunday in some sort of message. It's 21 days persistently praying for a mountain. And, and for many of us, I think that 21 days will just be the beginning of what it is to persistently pray. Maybe you've been waiting for your mountain to move for a long time. This mountain of debt or a mountain of sickness or a, an estranged relationship mountain, marriage mountain, financial mountain, work-related mountain. And I just challenge you, do not give up on that prayer. Even if the mountain seems to be getting bigger right in front of you, just like this story, even if it feels like it's been 21 days, 21 years that you've been praying for this mountain, moving mountains often requires persistent prayer. So this father, he is smack dab in the middle of a fight of faith. The disciples couldn't heal his son. There's this manifestation right in front of him. He's just reminded of the timeline of it. And here's what he responds with next. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. But if you can, that does not sound like mountain moving faith, does it? Oh, but if you can, that doesn't sound like much faith at all. And, and personally, I find so much comfort in this detail, in these quotes right here, because like, I've heard well-meaning Christ followers be like, if you just had enough faith, it would have happened. Like, if you just believed, then it would have happened. Like, if you just name it, claim it, have the faith, God will do it. I, I came from a religious background where, where prayer, it was all about the level of your faith, and you just need to have a lot of faith, and, and you can show you have a lot of faith by the volume of your prayers, and you can show you have a lot of faith by the length of your prayers, and you can show you have a lot of faith by the amount of tears you cry, and, and, and you can show you have faith by saying, I believe it, even if you don't believe it. See, this dude is just being real with Jesus, but if you can, that's where I'm at right now, Jesus. And here's another truth in this story. Mountains move even when we're in a fight of faith. Jesus understands our fight of faith. He knows we will always live in the tension between faith and doubt. That's where we'll be. And he wants us to move toward greater levels of trust in him as we move forward in this journey of following after him. But he's not put off by our doubts. He's with us in it. And he even moves in spite of our doubts. Mountains move even when we're in a fight of faith. So the father ex exposes his fight of faith to Jesus out loud. And Jesus says, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. To which the father then says, and let's read this together. Everybody online, read it with us. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Look, can we say that out loud together one more time? I really want us to get this. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. That's this talk in a statement right there. That's the fight of faith. I do believe. Help my unbelief. I brought my son here, but I'm not sure. I'm coming to you with my mountain, but I'm struggling to see it move, so help me see it. And Do you see what's happening here? Like It's actually the first of two miracles that takes place in this story. In the midst of this dad being so focused on this mountain that's in front of him, Jesus actually works the first miracle and begins to shift the faith in the father's own heart. Something begins to change in this dad's heart. He takes a step of faith from, but if you can, to I do believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus begins moving a mountain internally 
in his life. And then in the goodness and grace of God, he also heals the son, picks him up, casts the spirit out, and then both the son and the father are standing before the mountain mover, Jesus. Because Joel said it last week. When we pray mountain-moving prayers, God will sometimes move the mountain, but he'll always change us. This was a discipleship moment for this dad. This was a faith-deepening a, a, a faith, trust, deepening experience with Jesus. And here's the last truth I'd, I'd just love for us to ponder before we take off today. Sometimes God moves a mountain in us before he moves the mountain outside of us. We, we, we can get so fixated on this, this thing that we're praying about out here that is so visible. We can see it so clearly. It's there. It's on our mind a lot. We worry about it. We're anxious about it. And we can be so fixated on this mountain out here that sometimes we can miss praying for the mountain that needs to shift right here and change right here. You know, in this prayer series that we're doing at Revolution, um, a couple weeks ago I shared with our church, uh, God is not who you think he is. He's more than that. God is not who you think he is. He's more than that. And, and our prayers will stall when our view of God is too small. Because I believe the immeasurably more than we ask that God often wants to do is right inside our own heart. So I'd, I'd love for us to just take a couple minutes as I close this thing out and pray over us. Just as this story is fresh in our mind, can we just close our eyes together for just a moment? I'm going to read this statement over us one, one more time. Sometimes God moves a mountain in us before he moves the mountain outside of us. And so God, as we prepare to close this time, there's going to be an opportunity to pray in this room. I just, uh, I ask that, bring to our mind right now, I'm sure it's there already, but that, that outside mountain, that thing we are praying for you to move in our family or in our marriage or in our finances or whatever right now. And, but, but more than that, I pray that it would, you would attach that to something in our heart and show us that mountain-moving prayer that we need to pray related to our own spiritual life and relationship with you. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for what you're going to do to move mountains, not just in this world, but in our very heart. In Jesus' name, amen.